Welcome to another episode of the Marketing and Cupcakes podcast. Today, we have a special episode. This is a whale talk episode. When whale talk, that means we're talking to industry leaders, people that are movers and shakers, CEOs, just bosses. Today, I have the privilege to have one of my mentors on, Ned Borowski. He's the owner of VentureX Holyoke. He's going to tell us some amazing things. We're going to talk back and forth, but I also have some questions for him. You know, you guys know, like I'm normally off the cuff, so I literally have questions that I have to ask too. So this is going to be fun. Ned, how are you doing today? Mike, I am doing great. I'm excited to be here with you and uh, I'm looking forward to the, the interview um, for VentureX, really. Awesome. Awesome. So Ned, I know you already know this, but I need, I need the people to know that like, you're one of my favorite people in the world. I, I fell in love with you the minute I met you. I, I can remember you walking down the hallway uh, one year when someone was giving me the tour, and I was like, this is my kind of guy. And you, you, it was so much so, immediately you convinced me that I need office space here, and I was like, I don't need office space. He said, no, Mike, you're going to run a real business if you don't have real office space. So I, you're, you're my guy. So it's, this is like a pleasure to, to have you today. Well, you took the story away from me, but if you remember, you were at the front desk right over here at the reception desk, and uh, uh, I immediately, you know, you have that personality, that persona about you that I, it really attracted me. And uh, we started talking and I said, well, where's your office? And you said, well, I, I don't have one. I get this out of my house. I said, well, how can you be a real business person without having an office? I said, you're going to have an office here and I'm going to put you right, right across the hall for me, which I did. did. And here you are today, two years later, still, still, still there. That's it. Well, one of my... And I always tell this story when I, when I um, keynote or if I speak somewhere, I always add you into that story, the journey, because one of the biggest things that you taught me, and I, you, you teach so many entrepreneurs so many things, because like, I, I follow you on LinkedIn, I look at the things that you share, I, I love it, but one of the things you told me personally was avoid conflict in business. I can't tell you over the last two and a half, three years since you told me that, how many days I utilize that. And it's so funny, just by doing that, keeping the peace, finding, so finding a way to resolve, because there's going to be issues, but finding a way to resolve it without conflict normally turns into more deals than cutting people off. So I'm, I'm always going to be grateful. Even You teach me so much, but that one thing, I use that the most, because like by default, like I'm a fighter. I'm ready for war. And for, so to, to have to humble myself and be, think of a different way to approach this. Because I go, man, if I get this wrong, when I go tell Ned this, he's going to be like, Mike, what I told you. So it's, 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 it's cool. But enough about me. Well, I, I just want to comment on that. I, first off, I appreciate the, the, the comment of you know, helping you out there. Um, but I learned from experience of getting into conflict with people. And so you learn from your own mistakes. And so um, I was happy to pass that information along to you. And I'm glad that you are taking it to heart and hopefully it's working for you. It's definitely a gem. So, okay, let me go back to my structured questions I have for you. So, can you share with us the inspiration behind starting VentureX Holyoke and how it aims to facilitate connections among business professionals and business owners? Okay, well, um, the VentureX experience came about because I lost a couple of major tenants on the first floor and that opened up 14,500 square feet. And at the time, it was right in the middle of, right in the beginning, actually, of COVID. So I started to think to myself, I own the entire property here from Hunt's Photo down to the nail salon. And I'm thinking, what, what retailer is going to come in here? What kind of long-term 10-year um, lease with the office space is going to come in here? 
So I started looking and, and I came upon co-working, which is uh, more flex space, uh, whether it's a week, a month, a year, two years, whatever. And um, so it took a lot of learning for me. It was, even though I've been in real estate for 43 years, uh, this, this type of real estate, the co-working um, uh, type of working space, was, was new to me. So there was a big learning curve. Got it. And I love to learn. See, ongoing learning is the best way to go with it. So once I got involved, I learned about the brand. Um, it, it is a franchise, and I would encourage people to check out uh, VentureX.com uh, and, and uh, just check, check the whole franchise out. But once I learned about the brand, and then once we started getting going, um, I started realizing who would be good candidates to be here. And um, so I've come across a lot of new entrepreneurs and I've really enjoyed working with them, getting them in here, giving them a break and giving them a start. Um, there's no, nothing more rewarding than seeing somebody brand new get started and grow their, grow their business. And I've, had to have, have, I've seen it happen a number of times here. That's awesome. So that makes me want to go to a question that I know because you, ta you told me about it. But when it comes to your entrepreneurial start, you had a diverse entrepreneurial journey, starting with a paper route and moving into various ventures. How do you believe these early experiences contributed to your understanding of customer service and relationship building in business? Well, I got to go back to the very first one, which is the paper route. Mm -hmm. And um, I delivered the paper on time every How old were you? Oh, I'm sorry. I was 13 years old at the time. Okay, sorry. So that's, that's when my business career started. I'm 70 years old now, so that was 57 years ago. It's amazing. And I'm still learning. But in that experience of the paper route, um, once a week I, I had to go collect uh, the money for, for the paper. And that's when I first started to realize that meeting my neighbors and delivering the paper and, and I'd, I'd get to know them interact with them and I realized it was having a connection with each one of the, the, the people that want, you know that were willing to talk to me that, that I showed interest in them they showed interest in me so so that was the very beginning of understanding that it's all about the customer and making a connection with the customer and that led into I was a, I, I was a good tennis player as a teenager and um, before you knew it, I was starting to string tennis rackets and became uh, the youngest uh, uh, tennis counselor at a tennis camp. That's awesome. And uh, again, it was developing the relationships with, with, at that time, the campers and the fellow counselors and the owners of the camp. So I, why they got me at, at age 17 as the youngest counselor, I still don't know, but I think it was because I had that type of personality where I connected with people. And then at age 19 and 21, I was the tennis pro at our, our local uh, uh, tennis club right here in, in Hoyoke, Mass., the Hoyoke Canoe Club. And I was busier than a bee. People, I was booked solid. And I made, I made real good money being a tennis pro for the summer. And, um, and then it continued on. I could, if you want, I can continue telling you the rest of my career. Yeah, no, we, we're going to jump back because I want to I talk about a couple other things there too. But... Okay. What you said twice so far was being a, a, a consistent learner, and then you talk about communication. So why, 60 plus years as an entrepreneur, 
Why do you think it's important to be always, like I like to say, ABL, always be learning? Well, if, if, you, if you don't keep learning, your brain will just dry up and you won't be motivated to do anything. So if you continue to learn, you're going to continue to be motivated and you're going to try new things and hopefully, you know, they work for you. But um, just coming into VentureX every day and seeing people, I'm, I'm learning something new about that individual, that particular business that they're doing. So I, I really love doing that kind of stuff. That's great. That's great. And another thing that you said was communication. Like, why, and this may, I, talk to me like I'm nine years old, because I want this question I'm really asking for the high school kids and the college students that listen to the podcast. Why is communication so important as a business person? It's probably one of the, 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 the very first things to learn, because um, good communication usually will result in a good outcome. So um, you, you want to uh, start learning about the other person. So any, any new person that wants to come in and take a tour of the facility, the very first thing I do is ask them about who they are, what they do, what their plans are. And, and so I learn about, about them and about their business, and it'll give me an idea of what spaces to show them. But it's real important to make that connection. So for that nine-year-old, uh, Young, young person, um, I would tell them to, whether they get a paper route or do something else, to always communicate with the people that you're working with. That's awesome. That's awesome. That was great. Let me jump back to our <clears throat> formal questions. Hold on. <laughs> so, how do you see the balance between formal education and hands-on experience when it comes to success in business, just going based on what you said, learning is a constant thing in your story. Like, how do you see the balance between formal education and hands-on experience when it comes to achieving success in business? I think the best way I can answer that question is um, I, I, I went to uh, chiropractic training out in the Chicago area, um, and um, I, I needed to learn about the human body. I dissected a human body. Um, and I learned all about anatomy, physiology, and um, um, all about the physical modalities of treatment. And so I needed that basic knowledge in order to be uh, a, a chiropractor to get started with. And then once I got going, I could develop my own type of, I, I used to call it the Borowski technique, because I would incorporate various forms of modality and I'd have my own little system of what worked for me for the patient, because the patient was the most important thing. And uh, most people don't understand, but the history is, is probably the most important thing you can do as a doctor, is to, because that history will kind of lead you in the right direction of what to examine, uh, what diagnostic tests you want to do, and ultimately what type of treatment you want to give. That's funny, because what you just said, there was another form of communication. I thought that was, that was great. So, what I want to, I want to jump back into just talking to you. So I, I know this already, but tell me a little bit about your chiropractic uh, practice, how you got to that point. What's the story behind that? Um, I was born and raised in Holyoke, and uh, right across the street almost from me was uh, the ski resort of Mount Tom. And so as a young kid, I was 10 years old. I was out there skiing. It was real icy out, and I fell back 
backwards, right onto my coccyx. I somehow made, made my way down the slope, and um, within a half an hour, I could not feel anything from the waist down. And so I was brought to the hospital. They, they, um, they took all kinds of x-rays, other diagnostic tests. And I, then I started getting feeling back in, in my lower extremities. But um, um, I ended up with a lot of back pain at that time. And um, it took until age, so my, 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 my folks brought me to an orthopedic surgeon. And um, they just gave the traditional treatment of take this medication. I was a kid, you know, I didn't know any different. And my dad at the time was seeing a chiropractor. Mm. And so by age 14, he finally brought me to see a chiropractor. And the very first treatment, the, the chiropractor manipulated my low back, and I had the, the best relief of my low back pain that I've, I had had for the previous four years. So obviously, it made a huge impact on me. And I knew I wanted to be my own boss. Every, I grew up in a family of everybody had their own business. Nobody worked for anybody else. So I, had a, I started looking at being a chiropractor like nobody else was in, in my family was in healthcare. But at least I could be my own boss. I could help people, natural therapeutics. I was very much into that. And, um, and eventually, I became a chiropractor. Awesome. That's awesome. I like that. So if you if you didn't, and that's funny how we go through things, and that probably was one of the worst pains you felt in your entire life, but it put you on and made you think about becoming a chiropractor. That's actually a, a painful story to get to where you want to get to. But that's that's also a lot of what entrepreneurship is. So I thought that was that was interesting. So for you, if you didn't become a chiropractor, what did you think you were going to become? You know, I, w I went to the University of Massachusetts for my undergraduate work, and I was kind of lost. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, I grew up wanting to be just like Dad, and, um, and so I thought maybe I'd you know, join in his business. He had a business with his uh, brother, but they fought all the time, so I don't think I would have fit in, you know. <laughs> two versus one. Yeah. And, uh, and thankfully, I didn't do that because the type of business they were in ended up like going overseas. Okay. So, um, but I knew I wanted to be my own boss, and it was just like uh, uh, like an epiphany just hit me like one night, uh, actually between my my um, um, freshman and sophomore year, I like came upon this thought of why don't I become a chiropractor? So all of a sudden, I did a, a lot of research on it. I researched all the schools. And I went to the National College of Chiropractic out in Lombard, Illinois, a suburb of, of Chicago, because they were the ones that were the most advanced at that time. They were dissecting human cadavers, and uh, they just they had great facility, and, and so I wanted the, the best school that I could go to, and that's where I went. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love that. I love that. So your dedication to your chiro chiropractic uh, practice is evidence. Can you discuss the significance of commitment, hard work, staying focused on one's goal in the context of building and sustaining a successful business. Okay, it doesn't matter what business you're in, whether it's a standout truck, or whether it's VentureX, whether it's being a chiropractor, a paper, paper boy delivery, um, you need to be committed to doing what you're doing, okay? And sometimes to be successful, it takes longer hours, so you gotta be committed to working harder, um, harder is not always 
is not always better. I mean, smarter is a, a way to go too. So you learn along the way how to be how to work smarter, so you don't have to work as hard. But you really do need to be committed to whatever type of work you're doing, um, whether it's um, being a photographer, whether it's being a chiropractor, whether it's uh, being the owner of VentureX. So you really need to work hard at it, do your research, and be committed to it. That's awesome. That's awesome. That right there is an amazing cupcake that you just dropped on everyone. And I love how you said no matter what type of business you're in, the, the, the cheat code or the secret to success is putting in the work. And you, you, you could talk to a million success stories and they would all say that. So I'm, I'm happy that's what, how you said that. And, and you even said it. You could just be on a paper route just starting. You got to put the hours in. You got to put the work in. And then success magically appears. In my practice, when I first started, um, I had my first child within five months after um, opening the practice. So I had major um, 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 I needed a provider syndrome. And so I was putting in 18 hours a day on a regular basis for a number of years. I worked, at, I worked really hard to establish the practice. Next thing you know, I was busier than I could handle by myself and I started hiring doctors to work with me. And over a period of 22 years, I ended up hiring 30 chiropractors. I can't remember how many physical therapists I had. I had massage therapists. I had a, 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 a kind of an integrated physical uh, uh, practice. I, I also had neurologists come in and whatnot. So I really worked it. I, I tried to establish the best environment and the best care that I could provide to my patients. That's absolutely awesome. So I think um, I want to talk about that a little bit because you, you grew a, a pretty good sized business and that's something that not a lot of people do. So how did you, how did you figure out how to do that? Who, were you had people advising you? Did you just wing it? Did you like, how did you figure it out? Okay. Uh, it's a pretty simple answer. Uh, it, it, uh, during my chiropractic training, there wasn't one piece talking about how to manage a practice. So you just went out into the world. A lot of people work for other doctors and they learn from the way they practice. But there were, at that time, very few practice management companies out there where you could go and, and learn how to um, um, manage a practice, how to present your, uh, your history, your exam findings, your treatment plan to the patients. So um, I, I followed a, a particular program. I flew to Dallas uh, once a month for about six months, and I had, I had the system down. Um, they also taught you about you know, doing your da daily affirmations, really uh, believing in what you're doing, and uh, I was extremely faithful to that. That's great, that's great. That, that's perfect, leads me right into my next formal question. You just mentioned the importance of seeking advice and seeking out assistance, um, especially because you're going to face the challenges. Could you share a specific instance when seeking help made a significant positive impact on your business? And how do you encourage, encourage other entrepreneurs to overcome the hesitation of asking for help? Well, currently, there's this gentleman by the name of Michael Connolly. Okay, and I knew nothing about social media marketing. So um, I reached out to Mike. Thank, thank you, Mike. You know that guy, Mike? You know? Um, and um, so 
uh, I want to thank you. So I reached out to you for help because I did not know what was going on, but I did, I did understand it was going to play an integral part in the marketing program for VentureX, and you've been extremely helpful in doing that. But at least I knew, you know, I needed to reach out. I needed, I needed to understand how it worked and why it worked. So, and it is working, and I want to thank you for that. You're welcome. So, it's, it's great, it's absolutely great working with you because here's why. You're a constant learner. I, I can attest to that. And even when I uh, got you connected to Seymour Social, the AI that we have, um, like you were so excited about it. And you're like, hey, Seymour does this and Seymour's doing that. And, and you got really good using them. And it is also fun um, creating the content and, and spreading the word about VentureX because you, you ask, you like to know how things work. And for me as a marketer, that's my favorite kind of client to have because I, if you want to know how things work, I could explain from point A to point Z what we're looking to do. And, I, and it allows me to be extra transparent because I can be like, yeah, man, this part's not working. And you don't, you don't get like emotional about it. You go, okay, I can see that. Let's, I see why we should try something else. So that's good. So it, like, it's, it's a, it becomes a real fun process to educate while helping you get the results. So I'm glad you appreciate it, but I appreciate you being the way you are where I could communicate with you what's going on because you like to know how things work. That's, it's fun. I went from zero knowledge to be able to use Seymour, which I'm not sure if everybody knows what Seymour is, but it's a system of using AI to help um, you feed you feed Seymour um, with some basic language and Seymour will, will put out something that makes a lot of sense and, <laughs> and better for the reader and, and motivate them. Um, and I could do it, I could, I could post every day now on, on the various four or five different platforms that we use. Yep. Um, I just love it, and, and, and it's great. So, That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you, Dad. So I'm going to just keep it rolling. I'm going to keep it rolling because that was, that was great. All right. So I'm going to say, quote, unquote, luck has played a role in your journey from timely property investments to the evolution of VentureX Holyoke. How do you balance recognizing opportunities, and then taking action to make the most of them. I can only give you, I'll give you two examples, and they're both real estate related. Um, I was lucky enough to, um, I was only in practice three years, and I, I knew the landlord at the time. I was downtown Hoyoke on, on Elm Street, and um, um, I, I bought the building from, from the gentleman for like $75,000. I ended up putting in, I don't know, something like another $90,000. But at the time, they had accelerated depreciation. So I had the, the building depreciated. I, I forget, it was five or seven years. And all of a sudden, like in the mid-'80s, the, the real estate market for apartments and things like that um, were, were going through the roof. So I ended up uh, getting approached by a gentleman that was just gobbling up every, every apartment block that he could get. And so um, I made a deal with him. He, he offered to pay me $250,000 for the property if I took back a five-year lease that would basically pay for his, his, uh, um, his, his loan. And, but after five years, I was free to go find a place. Well, I stayed another, I stayed about seven, eight years before I, I relocated to this location. And once I left, that whole real estate market crashed and, uh, and that particular building went uh, at, at auction for like $5,000. Wow. All right, so there, that's my first lucky story. 
My second lucky story was to have purchased this property because I had a right of first refusal. When I first came up here, I was like the Lone Ranger, believe it or not. Um, I, I occupied the second and third floors where the office space of, where, where uh, uh, they were the um, corporate headquarters for Paysaver. They, they had eight or 10 locations in Western Massachusetts. This was for your chiropractic business up top. Exactly, okay. yep. And um, so at the time there was just uh, this building which is like a three-story building. And um, so I had a right of first refusal, sure enough, uh, all of a sudden, we got someone ready to buy the building, and I asked uh, my financial advisors, what should I do? And everybody was like, buy the building, buy the building. So I bought the building, and lo and behold, the next thing I know, the Hoyoke Mall uh, expands from like 900,000 square feet to 1.6 million square feet. Wow. Directly across the street from me is a, a, a 150,000 square foot um, retail um, uh, 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 property uh, called Hoyo Crossing, yeah. Yeah, where Barnes and & Noble and, and uh, Petco and things like that are over there. And, and they all had a particular facade. So um, with that, um, uh, that just it immediately increased the value of my property. But, uh, but I decided to expand the property and I put some wings on the property, I put a facade, they kind of fit in with everybody else. Mm -hmm. and, 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 this, and this place has just really been a home run. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's see that's the thing. So even when I, when I sit and I talk to you and we're just having ca casual conversations, like my mind's always blown because I'm always, because I'm, I'm not in the real estate space, but like when you explain stuff and you see, tell me how it works, it's like so fascinating. And I think it's like, I, I, I wish, I think, so I think my expertise in advertising and marketing, like I put the mastery hours in that, but like you make me want to look into real estate and understand how it works, like even more and more, because I definitely plan on getting into real estate. And this is solely because of you. I just, like I have friends that are in real estate, they do really well, and I was like, oh, great for you. But like when you talk to me about it and you break it down, I go, oh man, yeah, we definitely need some real estate in this portfolio. So that's, that's great. Sticking with VentureX, my, another formal question. VentureX Holyoke has become a hub for professionals from various fields. Can you share a few success stories of individuals or businesses that have benefited being a part of this collaborative space? Um, well, I, I have one in particular that occupied, I have a, a larger office, it's called a 10-person office, and it had uh, the only office that has two exterior doors to it. And um, it was a, a woman that was a, a nurse that was doing a company called The Wellness Strip. Well, before you knew it, she outgrew her space and ended up going into, uh, uh, I don't know, I think it's like a 24, 2500 square foot space. And um, her, her, her practice has grown so much, she's outgrowing that one. So um, that's started here and, and just blossomed into something bigger and better. So um, that was one of the best stories. And then I, I um, also had, you know, I can look at y your story of, you know, Mike, you, get, you need an office. Mike gets an office. Next thing you know, Mike's, Mike's uh, uh, standout truck business is booming, you know? So um, it took getting a professional office where you could interview people, whether people working for you or people that you wanted to sell some uh, advertising to. And so I would use you as a really great example of, you know, of uh, someone that really grew here over the past two years. Well, and one of the things, too, that, that that um, I have in common with Wellness Trip is we, we, we did one of the VentureX feature stories on both of us. 
And I know, I know for Wellness Trip, once we, when we ran that story, because we promoted it through Facebook, we wrote the, we wrote the article, we promoted the article, we got her a lot of exposure. And that was, and she was doing great work on her own too, but that, that the exposure that you were able to get her as a tenant in the building, which a lot of people don't understand, that's a great, um, that's a great benefit to being here, is because you highlight a lot of the members once a month, something like that, there's a story, there's a video, there's, there's, there's a social media push. It's about a business in here. And that makes a big difference. I, I need everyone to understand the value of that. Because I, I think, too, like as a small business, to have a, a, a business like yours um, helping us spread the word, helping us letting people know what it is, what that we do, is great. And then also it brings attention to, to VentureX. So like I, 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 I want to thank you for that, too. And I'm sure... Um, the wellness strip business would, would thank you for that too. I don't. I just got to point that out because a lot of people don't understand that wasn't stuff that we paid for. That just was you, you like, hey, Mike, I want to feature this business. Let's feature this business. Let's feature this business. And I need people to know that's one of the things that you do because you would never talk about that. So I'm gonna use this opportunity to let people know that's what you do for some of the tenants. That, that's great. Yeah, and uh, you know the, the the wellness strip people happen to leave. You know, went into a bigger space. You know, I probably could accommodate them now, but you know, they're doing their thing, and I'm very happy for them, and 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 wish them continued success. But the good thing here about VentureX, you can actually expand your business here. Mm -hmm. I want people to understand you can start off with a two-person office, and and next thing you know, you're hiring people. You can go into a five-person office, or you could. You know, if, if you really got going, you could have a two-person, a five-person, and, mm -hmm. and an eight-person office. Or you got multiple three-persons or four-persons. So there's so many different options over here um, for a growing business. Yeah, I, I've even seen people started off with a dedicated desk, and they went from a desk to one person and keep expanding. I, I think that's so cool. And I think, like, if people understand it, when you understand it from that perspective, then you really realize, like, how affordable it is. Because some people jump into office space and they just get this big space and because that's what's available. Like, Adventure X, you could start with a small space and, and grow. Or if you are, your business is currently looking to expand, it's better to expand here because then you could fit your needs and then you need to grow bigger, then you just get a bigger space. And then also, too, let's talk about the conference room. Let's talk about the coffee. Let's talk about this, this, uh, this general meeting area where everyone hangs out. Like this, let's also talk about the accidental networking that happens, because this is a positive environment. You just, you just took the words out of my mouth. I was just about to uh, express. First off, the, the, the people that have been successful that have grown within, it's almost like, you know, why would you want to go anywhere else? You're being successful here. Why, why, why do something different than is already working? Okay, and why did it work here? So for them, I, each, each one may have their own story, mm -hmm. but what you just brought up, we're in this community area here uh, where uh, people at times take a break and they want to sit in the lounge chairs over there, or they'll, they'll have some lunch and they'll sit out, you know, just in the community area. We have some refrigerators they can bring in their own lunch, and then we have a, a real fancy coffee machine over there. They can, you know, free coffee, all the, all the coffee they want. But bottom line is when they get out here, there's a lot of networking that goes on. And, and we do uh, a, a monthly uh, members marketing program. So a new member comes in, that it's a perfect opportunity for them to, to say, 
this is me, this is what I do, and, and, and maybe even you know, give them some incentive to come see them for their service. A lot of business happens here. Like, a lot of people don't even know that I run a digital marketing agency. And the reason I, I don't have to broadcast it, most of my tenants are people I met here, whether they just need someone to write post for them or whatever it may be, how they, they need. Like, we, um, we do that here. A lot of business gets done in here. It's not a stuffy office space. Everyone's pretty much laid back and friendly. And if they'll walk by and say, hi, hey, how you doing? It's like, a, you know, it's a, it's a really positive vibe here. I, I just, that's another thing that people need to know. Like, I, I love being here. I'm going I'm to jump into this other question. As someone with over 50 years of experience in business, you emphasize continuous learning. We talked about that. How do you approach being both a mentor and a mentee? And what insights can you offer about the reciprocal nature of mentorship? The best thing about being mentoring people is, is I learn about who they are and what they're doing. And to give them, depending on what the situation is, usually it's pretty simple advice. And they may come back a second or third time to follow up with. Um, but at the same time, I'm learning about them. Um, and, and what they're doing. And that gives me some insight about, you know, uh, um, when somebody similar comes in with their type of business, that way I, I, I've already learned from them and I, I feel more comfortable with, you know, talking about that person's business. So everybody that comes in here, it, it has a different story and a different need. And, uh, and I learn from each one that comes in. That's it. That's it. And funny, you said, you give simple advice, but I'm gonna tell you right now, your simple advice is not simple advice. Your simple advice is like an automatic one to five years worth of stuff that you could do to go implement. So it's not, it's simple to you, but to us that you're mentoring is, is a big deal. Like we, we learn a lot. And like even at this episode of the podcast, I know it's gonna be one of the popular ones and people are gonna be like, man, that was great. Because you just casually drop these amazing gems like I see I see Garnell our camera guy over there smiling and nodding as we're saying this he's like yeah I'm gonna go back and take notes <laughs> once we're done but it's that's it's true you, you you I don't even think you understand like how much you know and how much you share and that's that's another benefit of being a tenant here being a member here just casually networking with you and, and asking questions I, I I know I take advantage of that all the time so I want to thank you yet again for that too you're welcome and 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 also I built the space out during COVID and I learned so much, you know, I, 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 I've been a developer of the wings here and I used to own property downtown Springfield, but here during COVID, everybody was worried about the quality of the air and also about the surface. If you remember during the surface. So, so I spent, I have, uh, I think it's seven rooftop units that services the space wow. and each one needed a, a separate, uh, air filtration system, and the one I, I purchased is an ionization process. I'm no no expert in it. All I know is the air goes up. It goes it goes through this ionization process, kills 99% of the of uh, whatever goes through, and the air gets filtered back through, as we call it, almost pure. Huh. Then I also um, was concerned about the bathrooms and and uh, people touching stuff and whatnot. So I uh, put in touchless bathrooms. Um, and uh, people to this day still appreciate that. We have filtered water here for people that, that want you know, to, to 
They just want water. So it's just stuff like that. It's just stuff that I learned during this whole construction phase, which took almost six months. And I spent the entire winter like almost living in this space, watching the contractors build this whole space out. It was, it was quite the experience, learning experience. See, and that's the thing that when you talk about the attention, the details that you put in, and it's not, this stuff's not for you. You put all these details in for your members, for the tenants. Like that's, that's something that people should take note too. And that's, that, that's something, that's a person that people should want to do business with. Someone that's taken their health and safety into consideration. Because I'm sure that was a pretty expensive investment. But, but in order for you to do that, to make sure that the, your tenants had the best quality air, the best experience. Like that's, that speaks volumes to you as a person because none of the tenants, none of the members would know if you did that or if you didn't do that. So I, I want to, once again, thank you for being like that as well. That speaks volumes of, to your character. So we got three more questions. We're going to go a little rapid fire. You mentioned your partnership with me and how we both mentor each other. Can you delve into the importance of networking and forming connections with individuals who bring diverse perspectives to the table? I mean, that's a pretty simple question. I mean, the more you get network and get to know other people, and again, it's focusing on them, not so much telling them your story. You want to find out about them. Let, let them ask you some questions if, if they do. If they don't, well, they're not interested and they're probably not going to be good candidates to work with. You know, so you want to ask questions to them, learn about them. Most likely, they're going to start to ask questions about you. And it gives you an opportunity to really tell about what we do here at VentureX, bottom line. So, yeah. That's it. That's the cheat code. I hope, I hope you guys really caught that one because that was, that was a gem right there. That's a whole cupcake right there. All right. Second to last one. So for someone that's not a developer, but someone that had a vision, like, like how, how would you encourage an entrepreneur, a business person, a business professional to embrace the different challenges that come with being just a, a business professional? Because it's not always roses. It's not always simple. How do you encourage them to, to do that? Well, first, you have to go in with a, a positive attitude. Okay, if you go in just, you know, thinking, oh, this is just going to work and you know, it's, it's simple, you know, I'm just bought into the idea and it's just going to work. Well, you, you, you went in with the wrong attitude, the wrong footing, uh, the wrong everything. You need to embrace and learn about what you're getting yourself into. So in, in this case here with VentureX, it was, it was for me, you know, I, I thought I knew a lot about real estate. Well, I knew nothing about uh, co-working and uh, co-sharing uh, uh, environment and building it out and, and then marketing it and then running it. Um, it's like running a hotel here. Um, it, it's not like the traditional lease of signing people up for five or 10 years on a triple net lease, which I'm not gonna go into the details of all that. Um, this is where it's one fee and it covers everything. So um, people need to be really motivated to learn about what they're getting into. If they don't know what they're getting into that's where the high failure rate comes in. Those that succeed are the ones that really spend the time to learn about what they're getting themselves into. Makes sense. That's a great, that's a great answer. We had the last question. Save the best to last here, Mike. Well, hopefully. <laughs> so, okay, in the current dynamic business landscape, how do you envision VentureX Holyoke evolving and continuing to support the growth and collaboration of its members in years to come? 
As I've seen over the past couple of years, um, the type of individuals, professionals um, that are coming and actually renting offices here um, has given me insight into where to market to. But um, it seems like um, these are very either er early stage entrepreneurs. Um, I do have some practitioners in here that um, I have a psychiatrist that's in here that's been in practice for a while. I've got other, other health, uh, mental health people that um, have been in here for quite a while. Um, but my goal is to get more of the small and medium-sized businesses, the established businesses in the community. Their leases are up. You know, this is a great alternative for them um, where they may not feel comfortable in signing a five or ten-year lease, where they can come here and try it out, you know, for a month or six months or something of that nature and see if it's a place that works for them. And most likely it would. That's awesome. That's awesome. Ned, you're my guy, man. I, this, I could talk to you like I, I, every day I say I wake up at 17 hours of content to share. I could talk to you for all 17 of those, those hours. I, I thank you so much for, for so many things. I could just thank you all day. You, you're great. And I... The reason I wanted to have you on the podcast, the reason I wanted to do this video with you, I want people to understand like how great you are. So I think you did that. But before we go, I need you to let everyone know how they can book a tour, how they can do business with you, how they can have their office here. Like, what do you, how, let, let everyone know how they do that. Before I do that, I want to thank you um, for doing this interview with me. Um, I, I love you like you're my, my own son. I'm your adopted son. I'm your adopted son. <laughs> and uh, I've learned a lot from you, and I want to thank you for doing the interview and setting it all up, so I think that's great. Um, but in terms of VentureX, I'm talking to the audience out there right now. The easiest way to learn more about us is to book a tour by calling the office at 413-563-1100, which is my cell phone number, or call the office at 413-252-9500. And either, either myself or our operations manager, Abby Smith, are more than happy to give you a tour and, and, um, and go from there. Um, so this is a great time to come right before, before um, the, rush. the rush comes. Yeah, this is the quiet period. This is the quiet before the storm. So, so this is the time to come. Awesome. Give, us a, give us a call. Book the tour. I'm book telling the, you. Book the tour. 413-252-9500. Awesome. Ned, my man. Thank, thank you, Thank you so much. We appreciate you. I love you, man. Love you, too. This is another episode of the Marketing and Cupcakes podcast. It's a whale talk edition. We're going to keep sprinkling these in so you guys can see what really takes to succeed. You know, my, I, love, I love the internet. I love social media. But sometimes they don't tell the full story. So anytime we do whale talk, we're going and diving deep to, to beneath the surface to show what it really takes to run something amazing, which you're building. So like I always like to say, time is the most valuable commodity. Thank you for spending some time with us. Till the ne next episode, be great. Peace.